Today, we've got two guests for the price of one. The first is a seller who is selling close to eight figures in Germany. And get this, the marketplaces he gets the most sales from isn't even Amazon Germany. And the other is a former guest that we had who a couple of years ago wasn't even selling on Amazon. And now she has grown her business to seven figures of sales. And she's got some cool Etsy hacks as well. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you an agency, enterprise level seller, or an eight or nine figure seller and need advanced analytics? Market Tracker 360 might be the product for you. To get a demo of Market Tracker 360, go to h10.me forward slash MT360. That's h10.me forward slash MT360. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. Again, going to the other side of the world, we've got somebody, I, I believe you're in you're in Germany right now, other side of the world, right? Where, where are you at uh, specifically? What city? In Berlin, in Germany. In Berlin, in Germany. All right. And when people are listening to this, uh, it's going to be like right actually during Sell and Scale Summit. But you're, uh, I think you said you're getting your flight tomorrow to go to uh, Sell and Scale Summit. So I'll be able to, uh, you know, see you in person there. But but I want to go back, you know, in history. I don't know much about you. Um, I know you were on the German version of our podcast. So I say to everybody out there, Sprechen Sie Deutsch. If you do, you should be also listening to the Serious Sellers podcast Auf Deutsch by Marcus Mokros. Um you know, you can, whatever you're listening to this on, guys, just, just type Serious Sellers Podcast Auf Deutsch and you can, you can, um, you, you can just subscribe. There's one episode a week uh, and you, you would see Marco had an episode on there. I do not speak uh, German um, uh, at all. So I have no idea what that episode was about. But uh, Marcus told me, he was like, hey, this was a, this was a very interesting episode. And I think you should uh, interview this guy. So I'm like, all right, l l let's do it. So uh, is Berlin, Germany, where you were born and raised? Uh, yes, originally I'm from Berlin. I was traveling a little bit um, in, in, in Germany or relocating a couple of times in Germany. Um, but at the end, I came back to Berlin because here okay. I have friends, here I have family. So uh, 10 years living in other cities. I'm now back in Berlin since, I don't know, five years, 10 years. And what, what did you study in uh, university, if anything? I was not in university, so I started Excellent. with a, yeah. I started with a commercial education uh, uh, just to have some more kind of job, and then it was a little bit boring for me. I thought, oh, I want to do something bigger. I want to do something bigger. And I've built up for a company a department and and was successful. Then I thought, but I want to do more. I want to do more. And then at a later stage, I have done some additional studies uh, in parallel to the work, so not a kind of bachelor or master. It was something something close to it in in, in Germany. So I've mm -hmm. done then two studies in uh, economy and one in uh, logistic and parallel so kind of studies and still it's not enough i want to do more i want to do more so uh, how did you discover e-commerce um, um, my background is in logistics, so I've done a lot of logistics stuff, um, uh, like 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 uh, international logistic procurement and such things. And in 2018, um, I um, I was unemployed, and I thought, 
always I build things for, for other companies. Isn't there any op opportunity to build something for myself? And okay. then I thought, I only know logistics, so I want to build my own logistic, but for logistic, I need somehow something. And then I thought it makes sense to have something what I can put on trucks, because I know trucks, I can put something on pallets. I thought I need something which is a little bit bigger, that I can start to build my logistic. And um, in this way, I started with uh, children's beds. So one of my former colleagues has mentioned, oh, try children's beds, maybe there's an opportunity. Then, then, then I went to Poland to a factory. I say, hey, you are producing children's beds. I have absolutely no idea. Uh, but I want to start with e-commerce. I have no customers. I have no supplier. I have no clue. I have uh -huh. no processes. I have nothing, but I know what a truck is. I want to buy a full truck load of children's beds. And they say, are you crazy? Are you nuts? You are not serious. And then, to be honest, we had a two-hour discussion until they sold this truckload to me. I've asked them, do you imagine that you could sell something to me? Yes. Do you know your top sellers? Yes. Would you think about that you sell it to me? Yes, but you need to pay. I say, yes, I can pay, uh, but maybe not now cash. But when you send me a bill, then I send you the money tomorrow. So it was two hours discussion until they sold it to me. Um, and... and um, also, with starting with e-commerce, I thought I need to pay my bills. So I thought, what do I want to achieve with e-commerce? At the end, I have two children. I want to pay all bills. I need to ensure that everything is on track. Then I thought I need to have per month, let's say, 2,500 bucks or something like this to be able to pay everything. But I cannot do it in the beginning. Then I've done my five years plan. Yeah, I write in five years, I want to have 2,500 euro income per month. To do so, I guess I need maybe 1 million revenue. No idea. Then I thought, yeah, but I have no clue. I have nothing. Mm -hmm. Where do I start? Then, then I thought, okay, um, <clears throat> to start something is very difficult. To double is much easier. Then, then, then I, um, I've made it half of it. So in, in five years, one million revenue. Four years, five hundred. What happened to the truckload of beds? <laughs> yeah, oh. as I had. Um, as I'm from logistic, on the way back in the car, I called a friend. I say, there will be a truckload of children's beds. Uh, please collect it with your trucks. Put it in your warehouse. I have no idea. Then um, I've checked. Wait, you you didn't even have like a website or anything at this time? Nothing, nothing. Well, nothing. what made you decide to get children's beds in Poland? <laughs> that, 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 that's what I told you. Yeah? I thought I want to do my 1 million revenue in five years. So it means in the first year, I need to do 50 million revenue, whatever it takes. Yeah, And then I thought for 50, for, uh, uh, I need to do 50,000 revenue. And for 50,000 revenue, I need to have something. And I thought I have no idea how I can sell it. Yeah? But but I need to have something. Then, then I bought it. And so I had already the truckload of children's beds in the warehouse of a friend. And then I've checked, okay, e-commerce everyone says amazon let's make an account of amazon how does this stuff work so long story short uh, in the first two years i have lost money with it yeah but it was helpful for me because i had goods goods are pushing me to find solutions to sell it that was pushing me towards amazon then i have introduced um, a warehouse management system so i've started to build processes so um, um, i've done some consulting in parallel that money is coming in and then in parallel i was learning on the job how e-commerce works. So it took me, let's say, one and a half, maximum two years, um, where I really lost money. I would say in total, I've lost 20,000 euros or something like this in, in these one and a half years. And then I've done a turnaround because I've understood how, how this business more or less works. And now um, I do four years this business. This year we will finish with minimum 7 million revenue. I have in time between 11 people. So yeah. So you beat your five-year plan. Then. By far, by far. But now, guys, I just want to make sure everybody's clear. We are not saying that this is the way to start a business. Let's go to Poland and buy a truckload of children's beds that we have no idea what to do with. You know, it, it worked out, 
for Marco here, okay, but but please, I don't want to hear at the Sell and Scale Summit. Oh, Bradley said I should just go to random countries and just buy truckloads of nonsense and, and everything. Uh, I'll be a millionaire in, in four years. No, no, no. We're, we're, but we, we got to hear his story, so we, we got to understand, you know, the journey here. So your 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 seven eight million of revenue uh, is that like what you're projected to do maybe this year, or are, are you? Um, well, what was that figure? Uh, the, the the original plan for this year was 1 million, which we uh -huh. exceed by one. And since two years, we are here in an office. And two, two years ago, I thought, okay, this original plan does not really work out. Um, I, I have now a team. I want to have some targets. I need to have something new. Then I've mentioned to my team, let's make it very easy. We will do it much slower now because it's not needed. I'm happy. Yeah, Let's just double every year. And we had at that time uh, two and a half million revenue. Okay, double. Two and a half, five. 10, whatever. So I end up with, ah, let's do in five years, 100 million revenue. The first two weeks I thought, that's absolutely crazy. I was laughing. I thought, ah, why do I discuss 100 million revenue? But then I thought when I was working for multinational companies, they do not discuss targets. They just simply say, this is a target. And always I was overachieving. Then I thought, why the hell can I not make it happen for myself? Then I told my mm -hmm. team, hey guys, Let's go for 100 million. We have done the next thing, a five years plan towards 100 million. So we are absolutely unhappy because we are underperforming this year. The plan was 12 and a half million and we are only at seven. But at the end, it's not a question for us. When anyone says, oh, it's not realistic, I simply do not want to hear it. For me, the only question is, how can I make it happen to achieve the 100 million? And the first thing which I figured out is, it's impossible when I do everything by myself, so I need to build a team. And this is a journey where we are in now. So how many employees do you have? Um, in the moment, 11. 11 employees. All right, now, when you're talking about you know this revenue, um, did, I mean, did you start in Amazon Germany or did you start all over Amazon Europe? Where, where are the uh, main marketplaces where this revenue is coming from? Um, in the moment, we do business 99% to Germany only and 1% to Austria. So I've started with Amazon in Germany. Then I've seen also when I consider the languages, the tax system and the regulations, it's much easier to go onto other markets in Germany rather than do in, doing international business with Amazon. I would say to, to enable the products to be sold in all countries, that's just a click in the box. yeah. And then I sell over all countries in Europe. But afterwards, I have all the complexity with the tax and liability and whatever and this is why i always stop it and i say as soon as we are prepared in a way that we say we do the next country then we will start with amazon we we, we are preparing amazon francs in the moment and then we do this step yeah so then with tax prepared with product description and product liability everything really prepared then we do the next market i'm, I'm really astonished that i hear a lot of times that people say hey i do amazon across all the world where you're saying but what happens with all tax declarations? Um, and and I do not want I do not want to have this trouble. And this is why we focus at the moment on Germany only. And how many marketplaces in Germany are, are you selling in other, other than Amazon, uh, of course? We we are listed in the moment on uh, I think seven different marketplaces. But wow. we are yeah, but but we are listed. Realistically, um, Otto is a newcomer as a marketplace in Germany, and it's a very big company. And their marketplace is really it's really a huge number. So we do in time between more revenue on Otto than on Amazon. Whoa! Then, whoa, whoa. This new marketplace, you're saying you do you do more revenue there than Amazon? Yes. So from my point of view, I would say for the German market, Otto is. Uh, how do you spell that? The website. O t t o dot d e. Otto.de. Okay. Yes. 
This is this is a very big company which is focusing on the German market, and they have started, um, I think, two years ago with marketplace business. And this business, uh, um, Otto, is I don't know how much how much revenue they do for sure minimum five uh, five billion. I don't have the numbers in mind. So from my point of view, when it comes to the German market, Otto is an absolute relevant player. Absolute relevant. So in the moment, I have the feeling um, that autos still see themselves as a kind of underdog, and we are careful. We don't say anything against uh, Amazon, but they are they are growing that fast. So from my point, and, and the, the most exciting thing is they have their own logistic structure. They have an own parcel system in Germany, which is called Hermes. They have a large parcel business. So that means when you sell sofas in the German market, they have their own logistic network for it. So when you say who is more relevant, uh, Alibaba or Otto for the German market, I would say Alibaba who? Uh, because from my from my point of view, it's absolutely Otto, which is a more relevant market um, uh, in, in, in Germany. So we are doing the business on Otto. Then we do um, Amazon. Then we do um, Kaufland, which was for former Real. This marketplace was sold to Kaufland. Um, eBay, I would say it depends on the seller. For us, eBay is not that relevant. And then you have some niche market uh, marketplaces which are which are relevant for children's beds, which are more, more focusing on families. Um, but the revenue and profit is um, on a lower level. So, so the three most relevant things, um, three most relevant marketplaces are Auto, Amazon, and Kaufland. Off of Amazon, how are you fulfilling the orders? Uh, uh, does Auto also have their own warehouses that you store things kind of like FBA or are you uh, shipping yourself or how, how are you uh, managing that? 50% of our stuff we do with an external warehouse, which is in Berlin. So we uh, buy our products from Eastern Europe. Um, uh, that's then shipped with full truckloads to the external warehouse. And from the external warehouse, it's shipped to customer. And the second part of the business is, is dropship. So we are getting the orders from customer, uh, pass it through uh, to the factories. Um, in the factories, we have um, stock which is branded for us, pre-produced for us, and then shipped straight from, from Central Europe to uh, German customers. Do you source from China or India at all, or it's 100% Eastern Europe uh, is where your uh, manufacturers are? Um, in the moment, 100% Eastern Europe. One of the reasons is, um, as I have started bootstrapped, um, I need to be very, very careful what I do with my money. And when I want to grow very fast, I do not want to put money on the plate and wait three months for the goods. Yeah. So it was for me easier to start with lower margin in Central Europe. Okay, interesting. Now, um, there, we don't have transcript of our German podcast. Our English podcast, by the way, guys, if you ever you know, wanted to read a podcast, we actually transcribe every word, uh, and you can see those at helium10.com forward slash podcast. But what we do have uh, on our German page, which is helium10.com forward slash German, we have like these timestamps uh, that Marcus, our host of that uh, podcast, he'll make timestamps just so you can have an idea. And so I did a Google Translate. So I have a question about suppliers because I'm not sure if Google translated this correctly. But according to Google Translate, let me read it here. It says he contacts 100 suppliers before launching a new product. Is that a correct translation? Is that what you said on the other podcast? Yes. Um, so when we want to launch a new product, we want that this product is a bestseller. I'm fine with one bestseller in a year, yeah, which is also would be fine. But I want to be bestseller on the keyword um, <clears throat> where, where, where I try to work on. That means I need to contact a lot of supplier. I need to see can they produce it for the price, for the quality. And there is a reason why other companies are selling on this keyword in the moment because they have huge experience. They are really good. They are pros. That means when we want to find a supply chain and a supplier which is better that we can build a bestseller in this niche 
It means it's not the first supplier, it's not the second. When you have contacted 100 supplier, I'm sure you have one supplier in it, which is a very, very good fit. When you've contacted only three suppliers, I can ensure you, you can sell somehow something. You can bleed a lot with PPC campaigns, but you will in no way do a bestseller. How, how do you find? I don't even know how to find one supplier in Eastern Europe, you know, let alone 100. So are, are there websites kind of like, you know, Alibaba is for other parts of the uh, you know world or, or how do you how do you find You know, because I, I can understand, you know, whether I live in Europe or, you know, I live in America and I'm interested in manu uh, I'm interested in selling in Amazon Germany or Amazon Poland or or, you know, Amazon um, uh, France, etc. I, I could definitely see how it might be advantageous to find, uh, you know, e uh, European suppliers because of the reasons you mentioned. So how if I, I'm interested in that, how would I go about that? Yeah, uh, from uh, I, I think there are a lot of services available. Yeah, so when 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 we really are looking for suppliers, we try to search in all areas. But bottom line, the best things from my point of view, really the best things is when we check who is selling in Eastern European countries on markets. That means when you have, for example. Alibaba, we, we don't use it, yeah. but in case I would use Alibaba, I would check who is from Poland and is selling on yeah. Alibaba Poland. The counterpart is Allegro in Poland, which is which is a relevant market for the Polish market. How, how do you spell that? Um, A-L-E-G-R-O, Allegro. So, okay. so, so what we do is who is selling in Poland stuff? Um, so it's very likely that these are not the most expensive products. Yeah? So nobody would, would sell very expensive German products on the Polish market. So that means you have there a lot of Polish producers which are selling on this Polish market. And then this is the first thing that we contact them. We say, hey, we have here some specifications of some products which we need. It seems that you have machines uh, which would enable you to produce the products we are looking for. Um, let, let's meet. Uh, can you produce some samples for us? Then you start an alignment. This is one source. And the second source is, as we already have a small network of suppliers, it's always recommendation, which is the best. Yeah. So when you have recommendations from, from existing supplier, I always tell my team, Ideas, 30% of the ideas are ours, 30% of other ideas are from customers, even with reviews or whatever, and the other 30% of the ideas is suppliers. So when I'm looking for a new niche where I say I would like to sell XYZ, the first thing I do, one of the first things I do is I contact existing supplier and I say, hey, do you have an idea for me? And uh, then they think about, they say, oh, I have heard of something, try this person. So for me, it's Allegro and it's contacting existing supplier, which is the most beneficial thing. In parallel, we search also Google and other areas, but this is the most beneficial. Okay, interesting. All right, well, you know, that's a unique tip and, and you've been giving us different tips. Uh, before we uh, we go off the call here, maybe one or two more unique tips, strategies that you're using for your Amazon business or, or just your other e-commerce businesses that you think not the typical seller would uh, is using already. When we sell our best sellers, from my point of view, every month we redo this article. So from my point of view, whatever your top article is or whatever, it needs to be redone, 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 redone. Our top selling article is in the moment a house bed. Feel free to check out. Yeah, I think in, in, in the last two or three years where we are selling this article, we have done pictures minimum 15 times. So as soon as we have really great new pictures, we see competitors are copying this, which is 
which which is the Amazon model, but we want to be a step ahead. You do new pictures, you do new content, you do new A plus PPC. You always want to do. Uh, you need to. Uh, you need to be a step ahead. So from my point of view, the most important thing is whatever the bestseller is. You must redo it and redo it and redo it. You need to invest more work into this article. It's not, oh, this article is done. I focus on the next one. The last thing which we have done is we have introduced this 360 tool, which which was just launched by Helium 10, also to get more insights, which means we are redoing our top sellers now again with all these uh, learnings which we have. But... I Uh, are you talking about Market Tracker 360? Yes, yes. Also, really so you're. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know anybody from. Uh, it works for Germany. Uh, yes. I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> That's uh, so. You're 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 teaching me something about Helium 10 today. So so yeah, Market Tracker 360 guys is one of our um, advanced analytics. So so what kind of interesting trends have you found with Market Tracker 360? Because that when I look at it for the U.S. market, it's like kind of interesting where it, you can really see it kind of like at the brand level you know, uh, who's moving and who's shaking and what they did before, who's on the decline, who's, who's coming up. I'm, I'm just curious, what, what, what use case have you been using market tracker 360 for the German uh, market? Yeah, we have we have uh, one competitor which has started, I think, one and a half year ago, and he is copying everything of us, everything. And we really want to see every movement which he is doing. And in the past, it was uh, a little bit difficult to get the information we are looking for. And now it's really great. Now we can really see exactly what he is doing. And uh, this is really great also to protect our stuff. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, if you're interested, you know, this is not for new sellers or even six figure sellers, maybe even low seven figure sellers. You know, this is for for kind of like the big players, you know, kind of like Marco is here. So if you are, uh, you know, have, have some like mid high seven figures of sales or more and you're interested to get a free demo, go to h10.me forward slash MT360. I literally did not know that you were one of our users. So I'm glad you brought that up because sometimes I forget to I sometimes I forget who pays the bills of this podcast and I get so into it. I, I forgot to mention Helium 10, but there we go. So um, um, all right, so sell and scale summit are uh, important question. Will you be coming to my Zumba fitness dancing class on, on Tuesday morning? Yes. Excellent, excellent. I don't have any German songs, but we'll we'll have we'll have a a lot of fun, and then also make sure to come to uh, the Maldives honeymoon um, strategy session I'll be doing on Wednesday uh, afternoon. So, anyways, uh, Marco is great to uh, talk to. We'll be talking in person um, soon uh, if. Uh, you're, you know, you're not an agency or anything. Um, do you want people to be able to reach you at all or look you up or reach out to you? If not, then it's totally fine. Uh, from my point of view, a strong network is the best we can do. So from my point of view, anyone who is interested, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and let's let's find uh, common strengths. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, all right, well, we have one more interview. And so we'll go ahead and go to that right now. All right, next up for our second guest of the day, we've got Natalie from Florida. Natalie, how's it going? It's great. Hi, Bradley. Um, now, interestingly enough, you were in, I was just looking at this, you were in, in episode 256. So guys, if you want her full backstory, um, you know, she moved to the U.S. from Ukraine and, and started off working for actually another person who was on our podcast before and then just started her own thing. Uh, she used like the Project X strategy to kind of like launch, uh, you know, some some products on Amazon. And she's in the matcha tea uh, at the time, at least a year ago. I, I don't know what you're doing these days. So we're, we're going to find out live with everybody else. But but that that was a really, really interesting episode. Um, and it was done in the summertime of 2021. So 
I don't remember. We probably had said, I probably had said, hey, what was your projected sales going to be? And you probably said something, but what did your sales more or less end up being for, for last year? Uh, it was around a million dollars. Okay. And, and was it strictly just like tea, tea kind of products? Yeah. Excellent. How, how many SKUs did you end the year with uh, approximately? For, we've added... So now we actually added not just teas, we also added accessorize. And we have tons of like bowls and whisks. Matcha bowl. So what would you use a matcha bowl for? Like when you make matcha, you put some water in a bowl that you add a teaspoon of matcha and then you whisk it to prepare matcha tea. And then you can. That's only for like that. that you you got to be super fancy to to do that, I guess, right? <laughs> it's kind of a meditation in the morning. I don't know. I I enjoy this process. It's like people who drink coffee they enjoy the process of uh, making coffee, mm -hmm. and people who drink matcha they enjoy this process of making matcha with like whisking it and like all this, using all these things. Now, how, how did you, was it something that you yourself were already using or because you're in this niche, you saw that there was demand for it? Yeah, or we how, definitely how you, were using it. Uh, I enjoy this process, this experience in the morning. So we wanted to have something, not what a whole market has, all this like uh, Chinese cheap uh, bowls. We found uh, Japanese bowls from um they all like handcrafted from people over there and we brought them from Japan. Okay. So, so accessories now, Macha, you, you did a, a million last year, you know, obviously we're, we're barely almost about to get to Q4 here. Do you have any, like, like based on year to date so far, do you think you're going to do better than last year or is it a little bit slower since e-commerce is a little bit slower for some? What do, what do you think? Um, I think if we talk about matcha only, it no might, your your whole account. Uh, my whole account it will be bigger, uh, and we also wow. launched more more on different other marketplaces. So we also sell a lot on Etsy, and Walmart, and from our website. Since we now you can't actually sell tea on Etsy. Of course, can you? Yeah, you can. Oh, really? Yeah, we do. We I do didn't, so, so there's like a category for like edibles and and grocery and stuff or not grocery yeah. but you know uh, like food yeah yeah a lot of people actually do are you serious oh i don't believe you i'm gonna go to etsy right i thought etsy was like only i mean i sell on etsy but like i i never thought i could i could sell like edible stuff i thought it all had to be like handmade uh a lot of people actually make teas at home and sell it so they oh, kind of oh interesting so, yeah, yeah i typed in matcha to etsy and tons of I see some of the stuff you like ceremonial grade matcha. That, that's kind of like what you sell, uh, right? I see. Yeah, we sell wow, both. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious, I'm in love. I just, uh, uh, let me see if I can share my screen here for those watching. I just uh, saw matcha white chocolate chip sugar cookies yeah. on Etsy. And now my diet for today is ruined because, <laughs> but you see, I had uh, before three minutes ago, I had no idea you could actually sell cookies or yeah. or tea here on on Etsy. That's that's kind of shocking to me. I don't know how I didn't know that, but interesting. I, I bet the accessories. Like, do you price your accessories on Etsy higher than Amazon, or do you keep it the same price? We keep it the same. But try, try higher sometimes. Have you tried higher? 
it's definitely selling way better on Etsy. As in the the numbers is actually even more uh, on yeah, it, like, for accessories. How, yeah, for sure. So like, how, how many how many units uh, a day? Uh, like overall, are you selling on Etsy? On Etsy, uh, it's about like three five sets. We're selling like gift sets. We're not selling much, but the highest uh, sales on this um, accessories are on November and December, uh, mm-hmm. October, November and December. It's like uh, search. Uh, volume increases approximately like three times on Google and on Etsy, I, I believe it will be like five, six times more than during the year. Interesting. So we did not. But, but, but there are some SKUs you said you're actually selling more that same exact SKU on Etsy than you are on Amazon or did I misunderstand? Uh, yeah, because on Amazon, we only added them. We didn't. We just added them maybe like months ago. Mm-hmm. And we are for now, we're only doing like wine reviews and just selling little by little. We didn't didn't do any like big launches or anything. OK, so on Amazon, now, we still oh, our uh, our best sellers is matcha and herbal teas. We sell a lot of herbal teas from Ukraine, actually. Yeah. Oh, wow. OK, cool. Now, how are you fulfilling your you said shop, I think you said Shopify and then also Etsy uh, orders. We fulfill from home. Okay, so so you're not using like uh, you know um, merchant or, or the uh, what, what is it called on Amazon that 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 one thing where you can just set up uh, set up orders. It's better. Th- that's what I do, by the way. You know, when I sell on Etsy, hundred percent, I ship just from my warehouse as opposed to like trying to send Amazon inventory. Yeah, if we sell bowl alone or if we sell only whisk, we would fulfill from Amazon. But if we uh, but on Etsy, we have different sets, so we combine them in different ways and give different type of variations. We don't have that many variations on Amazon FBA. So we do combine everything and like create different sets from home. Okay. Now, um, some of these, you know, I don't know which one's yours or not, but you know, I'm just looking on Etsy, I'm looking on Amazon. It seems like some of these are kind of breakable, potentially, these bowls. Sure, they are. And in so, the so, so, you know, a lot of people say, hey, never sell anything breakable. It's, it's a nightmare. How have you been dealing with that so far on, on, on these products? In the beginning, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were returning because it was broke. But uh, we found the way how to pack it the way it's not breaking. And for the last couple months uh, on Etsy, we didn't get any return, like zero returns. Okay. So what, what changes did you make? Uh, just different way of packing. I don't know. My husband is packing it. So he's like using all these materials, which saves it. But, you know, that th- that's Etsy because that's, you know, you guys are shipping those. But I'm assuming your Amazon is, are you doing FBA or or you're also fulfilling yeah, those yourself? Yeah, the same way. We packed each bowl the way before we sent to Amazon. We tested everything on Etsy. And we found the way how to pack it the way it won't break. So it ah. all came to our house first, and then we send everything to Amazon from our house. Ah, okay. Very similar to, to, to how I how I do things as well. Didn't you get a lot of initial like traction because your husband put uh, like like on a message board or some kind of website that was about um, these things, and, and then it kind of went viral? Uh, or am I completely making this up? Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've been 
Can, can you refresh my memory? Because I, I just remember like bits and bits and pieces. And then and then mm -hmm. my follow up question, I guess, is is have you still been using that strategy for like any new products that you launch or trying to like get some traction for your older products? Yeah, we do. And we have a lot of success with uh, influencers, actually. Uh, mostly now uh, we have success with some TikTok influencers and more um, we notice that more people started uh, becoming our influencer for, for our website, not Amazon. Um, I'm not sure why, <laughs> why they prefer, because we have affiliate program on our website. Uh, so we notice that our influencers kind of moved from Amazon to our website more. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, from your standpoint, isn't it better to send, is it, which is better? Because, you know, you, I know you, maybe you don't get a, uh, you don't get 15% charge, but if you're sending traffic to Amazon, at least you get that brand referral bonus and then you get 10% of that back. So if you could choose where your influencers were sending their traffic to, would you would you personally want to send it to Shopify or would you prefer that if they go to Amazon? Uh, definitely Shopify because these people, these customers stay with us. We have their information. We can mm. uh, send them emails. We can... Um, they can subscribe to our website and we can just upsell them with all of the other products we have. But are you ever going to consider doing that uh, buy with prime uh, button, like adding that to your website? Yeah, I guess we will. Okay. It's, yeah, right. it's a great option. People uh, will see, like we will definitely try and see how our sales and conversion going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, one thing that, you know, I remember you, you said a, a few weeks ago when we were just talking is, is you were going to try out a new strategy this, this holiday season of almost making like holiday specific, like gift sets. Like, are these gift sets something you're going to have throughout the year or specifically something, you know, for, for, for Christmas or something like that? So that's what we already launched. And this mm -hmm. is why we started earlier uh, to get reviews, uh, to get, um, just to get it going and see what we should change before holidays but uh, most of sales of course we expect during holidays i'm not even run any ads because i don't want to spend money on this uh because i do expect that it will sell by itself <laughs> during holiday season like we didn't buy too much we bought like um a couple hundred of each style uh, okay. and we believe it so you haven't done ads yet, but are, are you going to During do ads and we'll some specific see things? We need. You know, we'll see if we need. If it will sell on its own, then why Why would we? Like even now when we sell like three, five uh, units a day, uh, like sets a day, right? They're like mm -hmm. 60 to 100 bucks. So it's not bad on its own, you know, because our margin is pretty good on this. Um, and during holiday season, I believe we'll sell like, 30, 40 units a day. I expect so. <laughs> so. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Yeah, I definitely want to, you know, keep up to date with that one because that's a, that's a, that's an interesting strategy. Not everything can, you can make a gift set, but you know, you, you've got perfect product for that because you know, you've got, I'm assuming you're, you're putting some of your, your existing products together, like maybe matcha with the bowl and, yeah, or, we and other things. Yeah, we them all everywhere. We combine on, on our listing, we, uh, we made how it calls uh, not variations but bundles. Yeah, yeah, we made all the different bundles, and we added them. To the the, vir the virtual bundles. Yeah, 
Okay. And our stores, this is if we talk about Amazon on Etsy, it's just ranking already great for all of the search terms. It's just not enough search volume, not much search volume, I would say, yeah. for now. But I think during holiday season, it will be great. Nowadays, there is like, or at least in America, America is kind of crazy, I think. We have like every day of the year is day of something, you know, donut day and national yeah. bosses day yeah. and national pets day. And, and like literally every day of the year is something. Now they're not all major holidays, but I wonder if there's like a list of these things. And then I guarantee like one of the ones that probably is not very you know popular, like Mother's Day or Father's Day, you know, would be national bosses day or national secretary's day. Mm -hmm. um, I used to know that one because I used to be a, like a executive assistant, a secretary and, and, and both of those, you know, I, I would look forward to National Secretary's Day and then Boss's Day, I would have to buy something. But these are keywords, guys, that maybe only peak for a week, but that doesn't mean, oh, you have one product and it's only going to be good for a week a year. This could be like your whatever gift products that were, were popping for you in Christmas time. Just switch a couple of the words to like National Boss's Day and all of a sudden you you could be like crushing the game. Um so yeah, we did, yeah, I'd we be curious which Mother's one of these. Day, actually, we were sold out with few variations during Mother's Day. Mother's Day, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we didn't sell on Valentine's Day yet, so we'll see next year. You need to have like a heart-shaped yeah, matcha bowl we, or something we actually, like. Yeah, we have a, a, like we already ordered a bowl with hearts. Yeah, look, look at that. You see, you need to hire me uh, as part to be a part of your pro your brand team. Uh, I think we, we think alike. I like it. What's your 30 second tip, your TST of the day? What's something unique that you've been doing that you didn't mention in the last episode and we didn't talk about yet today that you think uh, Amazon sellers can 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 learn from? I don't remember remember if we talked about Google ads at all last time. I think we, we talked about how didn't you used to work that was like how you came to America was like you were a Google ads expert or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been working with Google ads for over 10 years now and I've been working in agencies and I was. All right. Give me your best Google ads strategy. <laughs> so uh, the worst part with Amazon is setting up Amazon attribution for Google ads because they don't give you any instructions and it's like super hard to find any information. But you do need to figure it out <laughs> and set up Google Ads um, with attribution. You need to track every keyword you run there, um, every ad group, every keyword. You can see all these reports in um, Amazon. Yeah, in Amazon attribution. Mm -hmm. And this way you can like cut what ad groups are not working for you, what keywords are not working for you. You can find what keywords actually work for you and create a separate campaign for them just to have uh, like a separate budget for them and just manage them separately. Um, and what you need, uh, you need to not give up on the first couple of weeks <laughs> because it's re really hard in the beginning because you are spending money and you uh, usually not profitable in the beginning compared to like Amazon ads. Amazon ads is easier uh, to track and to understand. Here you need more time. People start in adding to cart, but they don't buy right away. And if you yeah. just track uh, your sales, you won't um, actually see um, what Google can do for you in like a couple months. So just in like a hmm. couple months, when this all combines, when like people who added to cars start buying and Amazon also start giving you uh, this 
how it calls ref- this kind of refund for fees. Yep, brand referral bonus. Yeah, brand referral bonus. Uh, you can, and after you pause not profitable ad groups keywords, you will start seeing really great results. Like Google ads are way cheaper than Amazon ads. And um, it also boosts your sales overall. I don't know how it works, but Amazon starts kind of putting you on different parts of their website where you weren't before if you send a lot of external traffic and it increases your um, overall amount of traffic from Amazon as well. Okay. Any maybe Etsy tip or something, or, or do you just like put stuff on Etsy and just let her go? Or, or are you doing anything for optimization on there or you have a different oh, strategy? Do. Like your, I do a lot. I change tags. They have like keywords. Is Helium yep. going to work with Etsy? No. Well, if there's enough demand, you know, we're going to. We, we've definitely looked into it. Right now, I, I don't see enough demand, but yeah, I we're. we're... You should, because Etsy grew a lot, and mm-hmm. it's great. It's really so. Good. So, what's your strategy with those with those tags at the bottom? You need to change them all the time. Like you test them for, for example, for a couple uh, weeks, and then you need to change at least a couple of them, and see if this increases your traffic. Uh, you can also run Etsy ads. And Etsy ads works based on your tags, these keywords, tags oh. and your title. Yeah. So uh, now you can turn huh. off some keywords from uh, from ads. But yeah, that's how it works. What you put in your tags and what you put in your title, that's where it gets keywords. How are you choosing the keywords that you're rotating in and out? Are you using your Amazon keywords? Are you looking at your competitors? Uh, search terms or what are you doing? I do use other tools. <laughs> That's what I don't want to call a- a- it. <laughs> Etsy tools. Yeah, Etsy yeah. Tools. I, I've used a couple Etsy tools, you know, too. Um, yeah, where you okay. where you can yeah find some keywords and also yeah I do look what competitors use on their tags. The, uh, Etsy shows only few. Before Etsy was showing all their tags. Now it shows only few of them. Etsy also shows you, if you scroll down, it also shows what keywords people used when they were looking for this type of products. Etsy kind of gives you these examples. And I'm okay. checking competitors' titles. So mostly it's titles, tags, and this uh, Etsy recommendations. Recently, Etsy started ranking your description as well. Before, it was not... Um, paying attention to the description at all. Recently, just like months ago or something, they started yeah. paying attention. And Etsy is ranking really good on Google. So it's important to have good description for Google ranking because Etsy gets good traffic from Google. All right, cool. I like it. There's some stuff that you mentioned right there that I'm going to have to go into my own Etsy accounts. I don't think I've ever changed my search terms or my... Um, my main keywords there, but but I'm gonna have to take a look at that. I really uh, like that. All right, well, um, Natalie, it was great to uh, talk to you again, and let's see how your. I definitely want to follow up next year to see how this new gift set uh, thing has been working for you, and see how you've grown your your Amazon, Etsy, and Shopify uh, business. About the Google ads that she was talking about, guys. Um, I don't know. In a couple days, uh, there's gonna be a bigger, better launch at Helium 10 um, that we do every month, and. There just might be something that uh, might be along the same lines. Natalie had no idea. You know, I, I didn't tell her to say that. She has no idea what we're uh, what I'm talking about here. But there might be something that Helium 10 is coming out with that can help with uh, 
with some of what she's talking about. So look out for that, guys. Uh, if you're listening to this live uh, when we drop this on the 20th, wait two days and see what we got cooking for you. Anyways, Natalie, thank you so much for coming on here, and we'll see you later.